All right. Whew. Well, welcome back from the mountains. My name is Greg Chrisman. I'm from Los Angeles. And um, yeah, I know. And uh, I was just telling this brother back here that um, I've seen a few alluvian fans in my lifetime. Anybody ever seen those where the water comes down, really steep waters, and then it, and then it goes like this? That's what I'm doing right now. Coming down that mountain, I'm just like, I'm like so tired and um, amazed that we made it back. You know, I live at sea level, so to go all the way up there and come down that quickly, I'm a little bit like, can't we just all take a break? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, we're not, and um, we're going to jump into this. Um, I'm really honored and grateful to be here. Really, thank you to The Rock for hosting. Really grateful uh, for all those who've gone before us. This is my first DTC. Um, we have a two guys from L.A. that have kind of, uh, we've been, we brought them, we said, hey, we're going to have a high school ministry in coming years, we need to get ready for this. What is this even like? And after being here, um, well, now I need to go rethink this. <laughs> this young sister is like, sure, yeah, go do that. All right, so I love being here with you guys. And I really think it's amazing being here. Um, one of the things one of our guys says as soon as he came in was just like, wow, this is amazing. You know, just seeing your guys' energy, seeing your guys' uh, interest to sit through teachings, um, worship the Lord, be here. Um, this is no joke. You guys, I mean, give it up to yourselves. Come on. <laughs> now, not to you, but this, I mean, seriously, the spirit in you to be here, to set apart uh, yourselves to be here, to say, hey, this is a significant thing I want to be at. Um, that's not an easy decision. And um, so I'm, I'm really grateful for all those with the food, everything, hosting. Um, it's just been amazing being here. Um, I was thinking about this, and I want you to consider this. What was your attitude a week ago? Not just about this, but maybe about this. <laughs> but just what was your attitude a week ago Friday? You know? about home, uh, school, work, siblings, you know. Um, would you say you were in the Spirit? Is that, is that a term I can use? Do you guys understand that term, being in the Spirit? You know, it's like we have so many challenges, right, in all of our days. Even today, coming down that mountain, I had a challenge, and I was so grateful. I can't even remember these guys' names. Um, you, you'll find out that I got issues, um, but these guys gave me their shoulder, and I made it down the mountain. I am so grateful. I need help in my life. And uh, so let me keep going with my introduction here, uh, just a few things. So um, that's my lovely family. That's my wife there on the right. Um, that's Julie. My oldest son there is Cana. He's eight. My middle daughter on the left, Carmel, who is um, a, a very focused young gal, um, uh, Carmel uh, is about to be six this week, and my youngest, Cora, uh, is three. And I'm just so blessed and excited that I get to live life with them. And they get to see their dad go through hardship, and they get to play with me, and we get to do fun things. Um, Julie was an electrical engineer, and I don't know how that happened, um, because I was originally an architect, the other Greg, he's an architect, 
and, um, uh, and then went into full-time ministry, and then went into business consulting, and then went, continued in ministry, and somehow ended up planting a church with uh, my dear brother, Brian, co-elder back there. Put your hand up. Yeah. Uh, Brian uh, in South L.A. in 2009, and uh, Los Angeles um, isn't everything that you see on the news. Um, th this is kind of my beloved city, and um, uh, looking from one of the hills that I like to go up and pray over the city on, and um, uh, uh, my neighborhood is about 65-70% Latino, uh, kind of the rest African-American, and I'm kind of the white spot, and, um, uh, and I love being there, and I love living for the Lord there, and, uh, um, and when I think about my city, I think, man, God has an eternal city for us in his return, and it's like, Lord, can you just come and reign right now? Could you do that? And then I'm like, I'm reminded, it's like, oh man, there are hearts that need to be changed, there are people I need to interact with, and um, I don't know if um, many of you guys know, some of you guys know part of my story, but um, uh, this is one of my bike routes that I like doing, and a year ago, a year ago a month, I was in a real serious bike incident. I was, I was in, uh, hit by a, a car hit and run and I was in the hospital for a while my dear brother uh, Brian uh, he, he was kind of doing the Old Testament biblical thing thinking man he might have to um, adopt my whole family take them in and here I am I was just coming down that mountain again brother I forget who helped me down that mountain and that's okay but um, uh, I hit my head really bad and um, it was a, a brain bleed and took me longer than six months uh, to even just be able to walk well again, broken pelvis, broken ribs, uh, fracture in my skull, and, um, and I'm just really grateful to be here. I'm just continually amazed that I could even be here, I could walk, and uh, this brother could help me down. I thought I'd show a picture. Um, this might trigger some people, but um, uh, that's me on the left, and uh, that's me after, I don't know, almost two weeks in the hospital. Um, that's what coming off of drugs does to you, right there. Um, <laughs> I don't even remember that. I don't even remember that. There's so many things I don't remember last year. Um, but uh, today, we're going to talk about, in light of Christ's fulfillment, speaking from the heart. Now, on your thing, I think it says, um, in times. And I don't know why that's on there. Um, but uh, I was thinking about... It, Today, in light of Christ's return, how do you speak from the heart? And I kind of was thinking about this more evangelistically, you know. Um, but it, it does go back to where you were last Friday, you know. What were you feeling? Were you in the Spirit? Were there things in your life that you knew you probably needed to confess that you weren't confessing? Um, uh, were there challenges about your future? Right? I mean, USC, where we're at in Southern California, they just decided not to have any in-person class. And I caught up a few students this week, and um, uh, they said, man, why would I even go back there? I'm not even going to go back there. You know, there's nothing for me there. <laughs> I'm like, I'm here. <laughs> in light of Christ's return, how do you speak from the heart? How do you speak from the heart? Or another way, how do you witness how do you witness? So this is a little bit different than where we've been going because um, 
Uh, we've been thinking about end times, what end times are like. And this morning, I'm going to get uh, a little more raw. And I'm going to say, um, man, okay, how you believe those things should manifest in how you witness to others. I want to let that just set. Have you considered that since you've been here? Some of you guys in the front row, I mean, I can tell you guys got your notebooks ready. I love this. You're Alan Moore's daughter. Sweet Jesus, I love you. Oh, man. Alan Moore and I go way back. I love your dad. And your mom. You got a great mom. That surprised me. Sorry. So my text today is 1 Peter 3. If I can get my phone to turn on. First Peter 3. I'm going to read through the end of the chapter. I'm going to start at verse 13. I'm going to preface this with this first question. Uh, because we sing these songs and we get excited and prayerfully you are excited about Christ's return. And prayerfully you are excited uh, about what we just sang about. Being saved by grace, not by works of your own. Right? Prayerfully, you're excited about these things. About following Jesus every day. He, he asks a rhetorical question, actually, especially in the context. I'm not going to go too deep into that. But First Peter, he says, Who is there to harm you if you prove zealous for what is good? <laughs> in today's culture, uh, actually, a lot of people are going to be there to harm you. It's a rhetorical question, because the very next verse goes on. Now I'm just going to read through the end. I love that you guys are taking notes. If you want to close your eyes and just think about, okay, what does this have to do with Christ's return and me speaking from the heart, me being a witness, me giving a reason for the hope that I have in the risen Savior? What does this section have to do with you? Are you present with me? Are you here? All right, this... Um, this is significant. But even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. And do not fear their intimidation, and do not be troubled. But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you yet with gentleness and reverence. And keep a good conscience, so that in the thing in which you are slandered, that those who revile your good behavior in Christ will be put to shame. For it is better if God should will it so, that you suffer for doing what is right, rather than for doing what is wrong. For Christ also died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit. In which also he went and made proclamation to the spirits now in prison, who once were disobedient, 
when the patience of God kept waiting in the days of Noah during the construction of the ark in which a few, that is, eight persons were brought safely through the water. Corresponding to that, baptism now saves you. Not the removal of dirt from the flesh, but an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is at the right hand of God, having gone into heaven after angels and authorities and powers had been subjected to him. Pray with me. Well, Heavenly Father, Holy of Holies, the mighty Elohim, Adonai, the Lord of Lords, the God who draws near to us, our Abba Father, we look to you here this afternoon. We recognize that you are the God of the mountains, that you are the God down here in the valleys. Lord Jesus, as uh, we uh, talk about what it means to uh, share from the heart in light of your return, Lord Jesus, would you convict us? Would you draw us into a more living and vibrant relationship with you? That we would just not talk about things as though we understand them, but that we would talk about them because we are in relationship with the Almighty. Lord Jesus, we love you, we praise you, we thank you for your word. This is your word. Go before me now in the sharing of your word. We pray all this, Jesus, in your holy and mighty name. Amen. Amen. Because I was coming to a conference on end times, I thought for sure a number of these pastors would talk about all the trumpets that are going to be blown. And I didn't really coordinate with you men. I love you, Steve and Aaron. But you guys didn't really talk about trumpets. What's going on? In Revelation, it says that there are going to be at least seven trumpets and uh, seven angels. And um, this is a a modern rabbi um, who says, The sound of the shofar can mobilize us and help us consider the path ahead. can help mobilize us and help us consider the path ahead. Now, uh, when you think about end times, you think about, man, that trumpet is being blown, um, uh, as Rich talked about, through the signs. Or it's been blown in the fulfillment of Christ. That's what I'm saying, in light of Christ's fulfillment. That's kind of my assumption here. My assumption here is that you know and you believe There is fulfillment of all things in Jesus Christ. Now, in light of that fulfillment, how will you speak? In Revelation, uh, after the seventh trumpet, or shofar, Revelation 11, 15, says, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever." And ever. It's hard for us to live that way, isn't it? I was thinking, man, this is my first uh, DTC. Josh, I really don't need to speak at this. I just want to come and watch. I want to see what happens here. He's like, okay, brother, you're going to speak. And, uh, and um, 
then I started thinking, man, um, I kind of forget what it's like to be in, in high school. And then I kind of remembered, oh, man, seventh grade was awesome. I loved seventh grade. And then, of course, I had to remember eighth grade. In eighth grade, I, I really, it was like the worst year of my life, other than last year. That's not exactly true. I'm just being exaggerating. Like eighth, eighth grade, I was just going through so many changes, and my friends, I felt abandoned. I felt awkward. Um, um, I didn't get my hair cut. Oh, wait, it's corona. I haven't cut my hair in like four months. It's still like that. My co-pastor said, hey, you know, make a commitment with me not to cut your hair until, until um, the pastor's retreat or something like that. I forget exactly when. So here I am, my corona cut. As a kid, I just, I, I felt awkward all the time. And, uh, and then um, I started thinking, you know what? I really like fun. I like fun. I just, you know, like I had what, uh, maybe you guys have heard of this before, the Peter Pan syndrome. You ever heard of that, Peter Pan syndrome? You know, Peter Pan, he never wanted to grow up. I just wanted to swash, uh, swashbuckle, right? I just wanted to play with the lost boys. I just wanted to have fun. I mean, I'm coming here, and that's kind of what's in my mind. I'm like, all right, Josh Whitney, what is going to happen here? It's just going to be a bunch of fun. And then I'm amazed. Like, the amount of learning you guys are doing and ingesting, it encourages me so much. Like, I don't know if you would have accepted me. I was the odd guy, but I hope you would have. Because I'm like, man, I want, I want to be friends with these guys. But then I started getting older. I started realizing, oh, man, I have really deep feelings. What are those? I have really deep thoughts. I, I started to feel like I had to hide those. I have to hide those. People aren't going to accept me. You're a more too. Oh, my gosh. This is hard. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and the older I got, I realized God had a plan for me, and I don't need to hide. And I don't need to hide. In light of Christ's return, how are you going to live? When I read this and I think about our talks, I think, oh, man, okay, are you really excited to follow Jesus no matter what it takes, Right? Our first Peter section, chapter 3. One of my favorite songs by King's Kaleidoscope, Alive, uh, says this, says this, excuse me. The embrace of life, know the power of a new life. I see you guys singing. Some of you guys know this. You know the power of a new life. Where fear and faith can collide. You'll never see me in the fiery depths. My soul is kept in paradise. Do you know that? Like when you hear that song, ah, are you ready? Are you getting, you, you know, I'm from California, right? We, we ride waves. You know, do you feel the stoke? <laughs> this song gets me all stoked up. But the issue is this. Does your life reflect Jesus' kingdom, that new life has appeared? where fear and faith can collide? Like we just sang about how Jesus took all your sin. But what happens on that day when 
you know, you don't feel like you're sinless. I didn't feel that way coming down the mountain. I hurt. I mean, I don't know. My doctor says at higher altitude, you feel bone pain more. And it's like my hip just hurts. It aches. It's like bone aching pain. I don't feel like, uh, oh, yeah, Christ's fulfillment's right here. Is it okay for you? Don't look to the left or the right. Is it okay for you to know Christ took all my sin, but I don't have it all together? You're looking at a man today who's broken, right? I just, broken hip, broken ribs, um, sternum, uh, skull, major brain bleed. One of the brothers said on the hike, hey, you look great. <laughs> I said, you should see the inside. I'm broke on the inside. And so are you. And so are you. Sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. All right? So that's kind of the main text we're looking at. What does it mean to sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts? To recognize there are parts in your heart that are not fully under the submission and rule and reign of the risen Jesus Christ. I'm smiling because I'm with you. There are parts of my heart that are not. <laughs> I want them to be. What's it say next? Always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and respect. And from this, we get the word apologia or apologia to give a defense. You know, and when I'm out on campus at USC and you guys are going to get ready to go into high school or um, I met a couple people that are grad going into their senior year. This might be their last uh, DTC unless they come out back in a different capacity, but it'll be their last one as a high schooler. You know, it's like you're going to go into college and are you ready to give a reason for the hope that you have? Probably some of you guys, if you've hung around, uh, um, uh, where is he? Um, John Meyer, you know, it's like John Meyer, he'll give you a bunch of reasons. There he is. I love that man. He'll give you a bunch of reasons, and then I bet you try a bunch of those reasons. But here's the deal. We could uh, get sucked into all kinds of argumentation, and, and there are times where it's appropriate. Give a reason. Hey, this person's genuinely asking, give a reason. But how often does that come from a sanctified heart? <laughs> How often does that come from a heart that is fully submitted to Jesus? That it just has a smile on your face. Hey, I'm just a broken person. I just get to point you to the Savior of the world. I can't wait to tell you about this. And then that person says, uh, please move on. Get away from me. And after about the 10th flyer that you try to pass out, you're like, this kind of uh, is no fun. Because you thought it was about having fun. Oh man, there's a heart belief in you being challenged right there. Gnosis is an important word in the New Testament and gets used a lot of places. Uh, Romans 8.28, for instance. We know that God works, for the, works all things together for the good of those who love him. We know. 
do you know it? Gnosis. Working, functional or working knowledge gleaned from firsthand personal experience, connecting theory and application. Application knowledge gained by direct relationship. We know, do you know, do you know that those parts of your heart when you're getting ready to share it with somebody, do you have firsthand knowledge? We, um, just recently, by God's grace, it was awesome. We had our whole church down at the beach and did baptisms. And uh, Liam, who's here, got baptized. Amen. Yeah. Now, Liam, uh, he could have uh, probably told you what b- baptism is. He could probably even, he's been to the ocean before, he probably could have even explained to you what the water's like. He didn't have knowledge of baptism, did he? Now he does. If you haven't been baptized, go talk to Liam. He'll tell you about it. He's got personal, firsthand experience. He has knowledge. Do you actually believe or do you believe you believe? Right? Like that's what I'm getting at with sanctifying in your heart. Do you just, you know... Think you believe, hey, you know, um, who all sp- spoken so far? All the men who've spoken, put your hands up. You know, yep. Greg, yeah, Greg, I liked yours. Windows. Windows, I love windows. I believe in windows. Or do I just think I do? Right? Like, do I actually believe, or do I just, hey, I believe because he told me. I believe because he told me. So this is, I have a little sketch here. I asked somebody to come up here. Where's that brother? Yes, come on up here. So I have a little sketch that illustrates this. And uh, I really like this brother. He, he, him and his brother helped me get down the mountain. Right there. No, no. No. I, I love you too, but no. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that deep of a sketch. <laughs> I apologize. Did I ask you to come up? Oh, I didn't. Okay. I'm like confused. Okay. So these brothers, I just got to know, and I really, I really do love them. And I've, I discovered something. I mean, they're good looking. I like this shirt. Yeah. C- come over here into the light. And I forgot your name. I'm sorry. Caden. And uh, one thing that we discovered is even though we both look good on the outside, We're both broke. We're just broken dudes. He got to tell me a little bit of his story, and that was an awful story. And um, we got to connect. And uh, so I just thought, you know what? We're going to do this little sketch. So when you're out sharing the gospel, um, this can happen. And so it's kind of like this in our day. And I don't mean to trigger you guys because I know there are riots and stuff that have been going on. But um, that's really not what I'm referring to. I'm just trying to refer to an element of what, truth. What, what do you believe? All right? So I'm going to be a mugger. And this is a guy who has a lot of things I want. Right? All right? So he's just walking along. Hey, you, give me all your money. I don't believe in guns. What, what are you saying? You don't believe in guns. Man, I need to go find someone who believes in guns. That's it. That's it. Good job. 
I mean, if there were acting jobs in L.A. to give you. <laughs> I would, <laughs> oh, man. And isn't this what we do? We walk up to people and we say, hey, I have eternal truth I'd like to share with you. And they say, well, uh, I don't believe in Jesus. And then we kind of start to shrink. And then um, uh, we say, well, I got a couple good verses, a couple real good verses in the Bible for you. And then uh, and they say, well, I don't believe in the Bible. And then you say, well, I got a real good story. I got a story I like to tell you about me. And, and then they just kind of drift off and they say, well, whatever. And then we kind of just get discouraged and we say, well, I guess I should go find someone who, who believes in the Bible. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, we, 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 we don't fundamentally understand something. See, the problem is we don't believe. There are parts of our heart that don't believe. We believe we believe. Hey, it's really good. It's good to come to a, a, a retreat. It's good to be in this room. It's good to... Uh, you know, take notes, it's good to, you know, my parents said it's good to study the Bible, it's good, this is good, hey, but what you're doing there is you're saying, I believe, I believe, but it's in that moment where you're handing someone the Bible and they say, I don't believe in the Bible, do you believe it? Because uh, the problem is we, we, we often don't, and parts of our heart need to be sanctified. See, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which is known, there it is, about God is evident to them. For God made it evident to them. Romans 1.18. The idea here is to suppress. I know I didn't make the mountains. I know I didn't even make my own bones. That broke on that awful day. I know I didn't do that. I know I'm not God. But when you walk up to someone and they say, oh, I don't believe in God. Well, uh, of course they don't. <laughs> like, don't be surprised by that. Like, in their unrighteousness, they're going to suppress that. This is where I want to get a little more personal, though, is uh, back to how I asked how you were doing a week ago today is were there parts of your own heart that you were, man, I keep kicking that guy, um, suppressing. Parts of your own heart that you were kind of suppressing. And the way I, I think about this often is, um, is, is like a beach ball. You know, if you've ever been in a pool or you go to the beach, you know, um, you know, you like beach balls. But have you ever tried to hold a beach ball underwater? You guys back there? You guys ever try to hold a beach ball underwater? Yeah, what's, what happens? It comes back. You're right. It wants to come back up, right? Right? Well, that's the idea of suppression. And so you meet someone who says, oh, man, I don't believe Christ's going to return. That's what we're talking about, right? In light of Christ's fulfillment, I'm kind of the guy who, in the middle of our retreat here, I'm saying, do you actually believe it, or is this just all real nice stuff to, to hear? Because when you come up to somebody, and they say, well, I don't believe in your God, and I don't believe in your Bible, and um, uh, let me live the way I want to live, 
what do you see? Well, my, my hope in this illustration is you see them suppressing. And they may be working real hard at that. They may even have philosophy. They may have all sorts of things that have helped them suppress the truth. And it's almost like in our evangelism, in, in our sharing, hey, Christ is going to return. Not, not, again, 1 Peter 3.18, we do it with gentleness and respect, but it's kind of like we come up to him and, hey, um, what if I just poke at your arms a little bit? Right? Like, the ball is going to want to come up. The truth is going to come up. Like, do you have the confidence to say, man, I, be I believe this. I believe in Jesus. I believe in the Bible. I'm not surprised by your um, really incredible strength to suppress that beach ball so well. Good job. Or do you get kind of like, oh, man. No, they're really good at that, and maybe I should be good at suppressing the truth too. <laughs> no, that, that's not the answer. The Lord wants us to understand that we have uh, eternal riches in our midst. And um, um, really what we're doing is we're speaking from the heart, right? To bones. So you have to understand who you're talking to. You know, let's, let us not be surprised by unbelief. You know, it's not like um, you're in the hospital trying to convince people of medicine. Hey, I got this medicine, and I'm the greatest salesman that's come down this floor, and you guys all need my medicine. No, no, they're dead. <laughs> Ephesians 2, we even just sang it, didn't we? And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. It's like Ezra, uh, Ezekiel, sorry, Ezekiel 37, 4. Oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. <laughs> right? Hey, I've got the living word of God. Guess what? I don't believe in the living word of God. Guess what? You're talking to dry bones. Let's not be surprised. So the proof. The proof is in the pudding. You ever heard that? The proof. So the proof here is even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks. But they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. And, um, you know, right there, they knew. They had the knowledge. They're, they're working really hard to keep it down. Most university environments are just flooded with this. Are just totally flooded with this. They knew it. They knew it. But where I want to take us, and my hope for you, in, um, in light of Christ's return, you're going to hear some more teachings on Christ's return. And what I want you to think about is, oh, do I believe that? Do I really believe it, or do I just believe that I believe it? Because it will show up, and in, in this verse actually shows us. We do this by honoring him as God and giving thanks. Another way we could talk about that is, today on your hike, how often were you caught up in the majesty of God? I mean, he created mountains. I was taking pictures of, of those wildflowers, and uh, somebody thought I was saying their name. I was like, I was like, look at these bluebells. They are just amazing. I was just like ready to cry. I was just like, Lord Jesus, you made that. You made that, and I get to experience that. How often are you just caught up in the majesty of God? 
see, um, it kind of goes back to what I was saying about myself in middle school, is I just thought life was supposed to be all fun. It's like, oh man, no, I have deep feelings. I have deep uh, thoughts. And do I really take time to just slow down and consider uh, the majesty of God? And secondly, give thanks. And we have so much we can give thanks for, right? We can give thanks um, for this moment right now. We can give thanks for coming down the mountain safely. We can give thanks for whoever put the, those sandwiches together. We can give thanks, um, you know, that um, we have clothes, you know. <laughs> There's so much to give thanks for. Does it come out a grateful attitude, a grateful attitude? This guy, a friend of mine, Zach Winters, maybe you've heard of him, he, and uh, he has this great song called Give Thanks, and I just thought I'd uh, um, re read these lyrics. Just get us in the mood. Just get us in the mood. Does anybody know this song? Nobody knows, but this is awesome. Oh, man, Zach's going to love this. Okay. So it, it's, he, he wrote it with his wife. Keep that in mind. All right. Let me pull up his lyrics. And uh, it's meant to be tongue-in-cheek. He's playing this on this little ukulele in Mexico. He moved his family there, lived missionally, and uh, uh, learned in another culture. And, uh, um, you know, he kind of sings it real beautifully. And I thought, man, if I play this song, it's going to be a huge distraction. You know, uh, if you're going to Rich's uh, talk on uh, knowing who you're going to get married to, this would just get you all stirred up, you know. We can't do that. <laughs> But it's more like, uh, I just wanted you to hear the lyrics for what they are. But it's a real pretty song. And he does this on purpose. He's a real dry humor guy. We got any dry humor guys in the room? Roger, hello. <laughs> yeah, all right, he's not here. All right. When you wake up in the morning, do you ever say thank you to God? I mean, do you? It's easy to be worried, but it feels way better when you're not. Think about the way the sun comes into your heart. It brightens up the window, and it brightens up some of your thoughts. We don't have to be sure of everything to give thanks. Isn't that a great permission? Isn't that a great permission? We don't have to be sure of everything to give thanks. Just notice a kindness as we go on our way. All we know... Sorry. We all know the pain of living every day. That's partly why I wanted to share part of my story. Some of you guys have pain. It's okay. It's okay. Do you know, we, we all know the pain of living every day. But watch the world change colors when we give thanks. All right, so this all sounds great, right? You're in the mode. You're going to go look this song up. My buddy's going to be like, man, I got like 150 downloads the other day. Okay. Who's that causing all the drama in your life? It may be your best friend, your mom, or even your wife. Ooh, now we're getting a little too close to home. But think for a minute how it would be if they were gone. And drop what you're doing and call them up on the phone. 
I mean, are you guys listening? Send your mom a text. Send your best friend a text. You got permission right now to say thank you. Just say thank you. Say thank you for still being alive, being in my life. No, okay, some of these kids don't have cell phones. That's fine. They're, they're too, they've been too, uh, too trained. They're like, we don't do that during teachings, Pastor Greg. So my, my afternoon sessions are going to be on practically how to do this, how to really speak from the heart. And it, it does kind of start with this. Like, um, uh, where are those squishy spots in your own life that are not subjected to the uh, lordship of Jesus? Do you know how to bring that under, under him? Because when we're submitted to Christ, hey, we can be thankful we can give thanks. And um, we look at the majesty of God. The majesty of God, right? Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith. Are your eyes there? Do you have that? He goes on in this, and I kind of pause there on purpose because it gets, it gets weirder. I like Zach Winters a lot, but he's, he's my kind of guy. John Meyer, this one's for you. So drop what you're doing and call them up on the phone. If someone came to mind right there, I really, I want to bless each of you guys. You have permission. Give them a text. Give them a call and say, I'm just glad you're, you're alive. You're in my life. This is significant. He goes on, last stanza, he says, um, you know, we can all give thanks. We don't have to have it all together to give thanks. Doesn't it feel so much better when we do? That's the hook. And then the last stanza is, think of all the ways you could have died in your sleep. A meteor tsunami. That was for John. This one's for Liam and I. Or the sugar that I slipped into your tea. I know, isn't that crazy? I could have died from that. But look who woke up and made it to a brand new day. And give up your worrying and join me when I say, give thanks. Give thanks. It's really hard to give thanks. I don't know what it is. But when we sanctify in our hearts to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, that is what the fruit looks like. We can acknowledge the majesty of God. We went on this amazing hike. Remember that for the rest of your lives. Remember, you can give thanks from the smallest thing to the greatest thing. Who have you thanked here this weekend? Practically, that will be the proof. Now here, back to my three kids as I finish... Um, we recently went to the beach, and um, that's L or Carmel on the far right, Cana in the middle, and Cora on the left. And uh, I think this picture kind of illustrates their personalities well. And maybe some of you guys can relate to this. You know, L on the right, she's pointing. I mean, she, remember I told you she was focused on her ice cream? Glory, hallelujah, right? Some of you guys want ice cream right now. Are you going to give thanks? Oh. 
I see the wave. I see the drama in my life coming. You're good at pointing it out. Or, uh, like my son, he's already headlong. Hey, Peter promised suffering's going to come my way. I'm going to charge after it. Right? That King's Kaleidoscope song. Hey, I'm not going to be in the fiery depths. My body's going to be in paradise. Rah, rah. Or Cora, I mean, granted, she's three, but, I mean, she's just like, what are we talking about? Why are we even here? Right? <laughs> in light of Christ's fulfillment, how are you going to speak from the heart? And my hope is it's something like this. That there's something in you that says, oh man, I am not going to just stand on the shore. I am going to uh, be ready to give a reason for the hope that I have. And even when they say, hey, I don't believe in that, you're going to say, well, of course not, because I'm preaching to dry bones. Don't say that. That's probably not kind. But you can stand there and you can give testimony. You can think about the majesty of God. You can give thanks that, hey, right now I have the opportunity to potentially see someone cross over from death to life. Not just get better. See them cross over from death to life. In closing, you know, do you believe? You know, we need a testimony like Isaiah, right? Some of you guys probably know this verse famous verse. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Is there just an eagerness in you that's like, do you not know? Have you not heard? Let me tell you about the majesty of God, the mighty Elohim, the one who's been consistent throughout all ages to his promises. And I'm not him. I'm not the consistent one. I am not consistent. I am inconsistent. Oh, how I wish I was more consistent, but I'm not. God is the consistent one. You got that sparked up? Are you ready to give a testimony? Just like Isaiah. Secondly, we need hearts on fire towards him and his glory. And I think that really starts by knowing how to sanctify your heart. Bring it under the rule and reign of Jesus. Thirdly, we need to express gratitude as the proof. Think about that. Some of you guys were tired. I get it. We're tired. I love talking about God's word. I love talking about crossing over from death to life. I have probably, uh, I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be here. I had a 3% chance of living on the day. That picture I showed you, I mean, this is, uh, and that wasn't the only time in my sin, right? I'm just a broken man. It is only the Lord's grace that I'm even here that we get to be here. And uh, so I want you to think about, what do you do the next two weeks? Even now, think about that. What's coming up when you get back? Oh, snap. You want me to think about that? I got to mow the lawn. I got to do dishes. I'm not going to give gratitude for those things. No, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> think about now. What's coming up? That you get, you get to honor God. That you get to be caught up in the majesty of God. That you get to give thanks. And I really want to give you permission here. Because I was that strange little kid who just was trying to hide and thought I needed to hide. 
And I didn't have a big brother or uncle in my life who came alongside and said, it's okay. Start by confessing what you just believe you believe. Or do you actually believe? Pray with me. Lord Jesus, we do come underneath your rule and your reign, and we acknowledge that by faith, uh, we know that uh, you are the risen Savior. You are the one and only, the only one and only perfect one, the one who sanctifies us, the one who takes away all our sin, the only uh, righteous sacrifice. You're also the high priest, the one that we should have no shame coming to and saying, I don't know if I really believe. <laughs> I'm just broken. I'm just a broken man. I'm just a broken gal inside. You're a high priest who ushers us in, who receives us. Lord, would you bless each and every person in the hearing your word today? Would you go with us as we go into seminars? Would you go with us into this evening? Would you um, uh, help us uh, be the people who have our eyes on the majesty of God, ready to give thanks? We pray this, Lord Jesus, in your holy name. Amen.